Well, good morning. Welcome again to St. Paul's Blurshee on this beautiful Easter day. Whether you're joining us in person or online, happy Easter. The Russian government, they want Volodymyr Zelensky dead. It's now a personal vendetta for Putin, but it's also good geopolitical strategy. If they kill him, it's much more likely that the resistance to Russian occupation will dissipate. Because dead men stay dead, even heroic leaders like Zelensky. Bodily resurrection from the dead is as inconceivable now as it was for the first followers of Jesus from Nazareth. Yet because there was a rumor 2,000 years ago that there was a dead man who was now alive, two people started sprinting on that first Easter morning. Have you ever noticed how we tend to run towards both good news and bad? If you sit in an airport arrivals lounge long enough, remember those places? You'll eventually see a happy couple running towards each other. There's been a bad accident on the field trip. Someone texts to the mothers out for coffee. Everyone jumps up and starts sprinting towards the school. As we just heard Carrie read, there was a great deal of running on that first Easter morning. Mary Magdalene saw the empty tomb and she started running. And on the sprint back into town, she meets Peter and another disciple whom we're told that Jesus loves. And they then race each other back to the empty tomb to see what's going on. What did they think they were running towards? Mary interpreted the empty tomb as further tragedy. Now someone's even stolen the body. We run because of good news and bad, because we want to know and quickly whether the news is for us. And whether you're curious, critical, or committed here today, there is news for everyone this Easter morning. Dismiss the resurrection? then Karl Marx was right to accuse Christians of ignoring the problems of the world, dismiss it, and Freud was right to say that Christian faith was simply wish fulfillment, dismiss the resurrection, and Nietzsche was right, Christianity's just for wimps. Mary the skeptic and the believing beloved disciple, they're going to help us see how the resurrection of Jesus opens up amazing opportunities for our lives. There's news for everyone today. Easter runner number one, Mary the skeptic. She tells Peter and the beloved disciple about the strangely empty tomb, and she runs back to the garden, where in the early morning light, she sees two angels who ask her, woman, why are you weeping? And Mary's response to these angels is so stunningly dull. Like if we encountered angels, once the shock had worn off, we'd flood them with questions. But Mary's got tunnel vision, right? Who stole the body? Because Mary was not expecting Jesus to have risen from the dead. In the decades before and after Jesus' life, there were dozens of messianic movements in ancient Israel. And in almost every case, the messianic leader was killed and the movements invariably collapsed. Everybody went home because the leader was dead, and dead men stay dead. Only one messianic movement did not collapse after the death of the leader. It exploded, and in the course of 300 years, it had spread throughout the known world. 
But this was still a shock to those first disciples because the Greeks, they didn't believe in resurrection. And the Jews didn't have a concept of an individual rising from the dead. Celsus, who was a second century Roman philosopher, he was highly antagonistic towards Christianity. And one of his arguments went like this. This is a quote. We must examine this question, whether anyone who really died ever rose again with the same body. Jesus Christ? But who saw this? A hysterical female, you say and perhaps some other who was deluded. And Josephus, a Jewish historian, shared the widely held view that women were not reliable witnesses in a court of law. So if the gospel writers, if they were wanting to make up a story and pull off the greatest and longest con in human history, having women as the witnesses was the most idiotic way to go about it. But Mary was not yet a witness. She was a skeptic. She expects to see a dead body, and finding none, she accounts for it logically. Resurrection's not an option. She's standing in the garden of a rich man's estate, so when she turns and sees the risen Jesus, uh, it's natural for her to assume it's the hired help. Oh, good. I'll ask the gardener. You know those angels over there? They really haven't been much help. Have you seen the body? Mary asked questions of the angels, of the supposed gardener. Where's my Lord? Where have you taken his body? Do you have questions? Are you willing to ask the questions, even if they're not answered in the way you expect, like Mary? You may be thinking, listen, I'm here for the music, understandable, and family tradition, but I don't actually believe this, Jenny. I'm a skeptic, and that's fine. But let's be serious skeptics and ask questions of our skepticism. And if we're going to be truly open-minded in this fantastically diverse city, examine the evidence for the risen Jesus and what it might mean for your life. We value questions and intellectual inquiry here at St. Paul's. Sign up for our online Alpha course. It starts on Wednesday nights this coming week. Easter runner number two the believing beloved disciple. Mary ran towards Easter asking questions, but the beloved disciple runs towards Easter a different way. Unlike Mary, he believes without seeing. He doesn't fully understand what he's seeing, we're told, but he believes. He doesn't hear the voice of Jesus calling his name. He doesn't even get angels. All he does is come and peer into a dark, empty tomb, and he believes. There's no shroud of Turin. There's no CCTV footage. There's no breathless witnesses. Just cold rock, folded up grave clothes, and morning breeze. The very first believer in the resurrection of Jesus, the, the first to believe that hope and love always wins, the first to believe in the triumph of God over sin, evil, and death, came by the very same path that each of us is taking this morning, by not seeing the physically risen Jesus. Those who experience Easter as good news believe because they trusted the experience of those first witnesses. Tim Mackey is a professor and animator in the United States, and he writes this. All of us have faith. 
Faith is always a transfer of trust, not the beginning of trust. All of us have faith. In fact, we often have incredible faith. The question is, what's it in? And having faith, even the tiniest shred in the risen Jesus, is simply taking your faith, your trust, off of whatever it's been on before, your career, your family, politics, and transferring it to the risen Jesus. We're often incredibly attached to lots of ideas, to our belief that left to our own devices, we're uh, competent to run our lives, or that we're actually really in control of everything. All of this is against all observable evidence, mind you. Faith in the resurrected Jesus is always the transfer of trust. It's not the beginning of trust. Both Mary the skeptic and the believing disciple, they ran towards what they eventually experienced as incredibly good news. What news is there for us? Well, listen to these opportunities. Number one, shared truth is possible. Many intelligent, sincere people no longer believe that truth is possible. Everything's relative. Jesus said, I am the truth. Not, I know the truth, but I am the truth. And this is the day on which it all hinges. I will be raised, said Jesus. And the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead authenticates that he is who he says he is. At last, there's a reference point for all inquiry and seeking in this world. Fake news and the polarization of communities along social and racial lines does not need to be inevitable. Number two, lasting love is possible. If disease can damage a relationship and death can ultimately break it, then permanent love is not possible. All love has an expiry date. And that's the most tragic thing in the world if love has an end. And what's so thrilling on Easter Day is that we see Mary's relationship with Jesus being restored and renewed beyond death. It's one of our deepest longings and desires to be reunited again with those that we love. Human relationships, they got started and they got broken in a primeval garden. And the promise of healing and restoration, it's given in an Easter garden. Isn't that wonderful? Garden to garden? It's now worth pouring yourself out into your relationships, investing in your marriage, sacrificing for your children, because permanent love, it can exist. There's life to come for those who seek it. Number three, healthy relationships, they're possible. If the pandemic's taught us anything, it's that relationships are what make up life. It's relationships that change lives. It's not abstract principles. And if we transfer our trust onto the risen Jesus, then he enters into relationship with us and he calls us by name. Mary doesn't say, wow, I've grasped some new concept or idea. It's totally going to change uh, my dating, my parenting, my conference calls. No. She meets, she touches, she talks to the risen Jesus. And it's this relationship with Christ that then can fuel us for healthy relationships with others. 
giving us the strength to forgive, uh, to reconcile, to sacrifice. People matter. No one can be discarded. No one left behind in this city. Number four, hope is possible. Many secular people, not believing, of course, in the resurrection of Jesus, they care deeply, for example, about the refugee crisis or climate change or reconciliation with indigenous peoples without realizing that their own worldview, that the world happened by accident and will eventually be incinerated in the death of the sun, that this undermines any motivation to actually make the world a better place. We should want the resurrection to be true because it enables hope. Why sacrifice for the needs of others if in the end it's all gonna come crashing down anyway? Just eat, drink, and be merry. If the resurrection of Jesus happened, however, there's infinite hope and reason to pour ourselves out for the needs of our neighbors and the world. If Jesus really was raised on the third day, then ultimately we know that God has the power and the will to put everything right. Evil has an expiry date. Suffering is finite. Death has no ultimate power. We all deep down want the world to be this way. And if the resurrection of Jesus really happened, then all these things are going to be true for us. Hope on tap. Hope unlimited. Here at St. Paul's, we unabashedly proclaim to you this morning that there is good news. Jesus Christ suffered. He was crucified. He died. He went to hell and back. And God in his great power raised him on the third day so that truth, love, relationships, and hope are possible both for the skeptic and for the believer. Happy Easter. Amen.